Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. This morning, um, bit of a bit of a interesting one. This <laughs> um, when this morning I'm going to be talking um, from a very personal place. This morning, and whenever you talk from a very personal place, you um, you expose yourself, don't you? And that's always a bit nervous because you don't know how it's going to be, what people are going to say. But I just, I always like to kind of thought, I'll, I'll make it clear now and then we're all right. Whatever I say this morning, I'm only able to speak about what I'm saying because I've been fully restored in Jesus Christ. Everything that happened has been healed, has, been, has gone by, and I'm now stood in a place where I can speak about it, seeing God's wisdom in it. And therefore, it's not something that I'm still dealing with. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, um, so just, just to kind of thought, if I make that clear, that'd be okay. But if I get upset, I don't think I will. I never normally do. But if I do, it's not because, oh, he's still, he's still raw, Paul. Still dealing with it. It's not that. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter. Some things you go, you go back and think about. It doesn't matter how many times you think about it. It still gets you a little bit, doesn't it? So, but I really felt, but this is one of those ones where I didn't think this one up. This was a Holy Spirit one. Um, I was having a chat in the bath and... Um, to myself, and then Em was sort of like umming around. She made a comment, and then it was one of those kind of eureka moments. I was like, I never saw that before. So obviously, you did bath, you relax, don't you? Um, and the Holy Spirit just went, speak on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I tried to kind of like fill my way around a few other things, but I didn't. So here we go. Um, I haven't actually got a title this morning for it. I have no idea what to what to call it, no what to say. Maybe you can give yourself one afterwards. Um, but I really feel this morning is really key, and I, and, I, and I sense the reason why I've got to speak about what I have to is because where Pastor is right now. Uh, I feel that we're at a particular point where Pastor Tony is not gone just for a conference. He's not gone. He made it very clear before he, he left that he's going to pick up some stuff and bring it back. You know, he's going to get a scepter, which is going to have power and authority. He's going to go come back with a new coat. And that new coat is going to give him greater capacity and also a greater stature. And he's also going to get new food. Food that we know that from the scroll, as we've heard for the last few weeks, it will taste as sweet as honey in our mouth once it's been revealed to us. Amen. So therefore, the importance of it is this. We have to be ready for what is going to happen. And you see, there's no point in God giving us these things if we're not ready to receive those things. And I really, want to, I really want to speak today about how we have to understand the times that we're in. We have to understand where we are now in order so that we can fully receive and take note of what is happening and we can build ourselves right accordingly. Is that okay? All right. So I think the best way to start is let's have a quick kind of like scan. I feel every time I preach, it's always a summing up of where we've been for the last while. Um, I did that last time. um, But I believe this time, if you look at, say, a year ago or so ago, we had the 28 days, didn't we? It seems so long ago now, doesn't it? It's gone so fast, though. Um, And the 28 days was, in that 20 days, was the revelation and the announcement of Zion. Yeah? It was the announcement of Zion. And then... From that, we then, we built, we started building on that and then we got to the place where Pastor met Pastor Pete in uh, GLS last year. They then decided to make a trip to Australia because they realised that in Zion was further down the road 
further down on the other side of the world <laughs> than it was here. So he went and he came back and he came back with two things. One was an instruction, one was a declaration. The declaration was there is an open heaven over this house. We now have an open heaven. The instruction was there is a treasure trove which two warring angels are bringing back with you to make sure it gets there and we are to open it under this new open heaven. Amen? And you know it's amazing when I, I was looking at that and, and Pastor was always saying to me the other day, um, that he was asking God himself, say, God, what have we seen? What's the treasure trove actually brought us? And then God kind of reminded him, you know, you've been saying for like a year that you've been really praying for something to teach the people, to help bring the people to new depth. Yeah. And you know, that was like three months ago. Yeah. And you know, now you've got Empog and now you've got Man Up and now you've got Unleashed. Courses which on their own can take a year each and you've got two in three months. Does that not tell you something about what I'm giving you? And so we have to understand that what God, the resources of heaven are here. But the other thing to understand is this. How many of you know Zion is already here? We're not waiting for it. We're not building up to Zion. Zion is already here. The difference is, is what we're building towards is the outbreak and manifestations and dimensions of Zion that we have not yet seen. And it's this, that's the key thing I want to talk about this morning. And I'm going to use... A time in, I hope to use a time in my life to help you this morning. And going back in this time is when Em and I were, we're not newlyweds, but we've been married for about a year, a year and a bit. And it got to that stage where we're thinking, children, let's think about children. Okay. Now, many of you know, I have a son. His name's Jacob, seven years old. I love him. I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Even when he's annoying, I love him. <laughs> you know, but I love my son. As any father would. But I don't know whether you'd think of that if you'd have seen me back in, back in the day, as it were, this, at this place. Because when, here's the thing. If an athlete, if, when, when Jacob was born on the 20th of May, 2005, I can remember that date, Yes. Jacob wasn't born on that day. Jacob was born the day he was announced. He was in M's stomach. He just hadn't physically came here. But he was born the day he was conceived, if you know what I mean. He was real. He was alive. Just we couldn't see it. And the process that we had to go through, that, that me and M had to go through as a family, see, because the thing of what happened was we had this plan, right? As you do, you had this plan. And we said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to save all our money and we're going to go to Florida. Because I'd been as a kid, Emma had been as a kid, um, but we'd never been together. And we thought, you know, we've been one seat, let's go as, a, as a Duff, the new Duff's family. And so we went away for this weekend and we made all our plans and it was great. And, you know, we knew what we were going to do, how we were going to save it. And then in 2005, we would then start to try for a child. And then the humour of God um, is that only a few weeks after <laughs> that discussion and that sealing of the plans... Um, has this little stick with two lines on it, which means something. <laughs> that means that she was pregnant. Now, I'll tell you, you know it's God when we're trying not to get pregnant and M gets pregnant. You know, I'm not going to go into any details, but it was just God, just know that. Um, and so what happened at the time that I was doing this, you know, when you make a plan, you, you do it, you, you get all these different, all, you, you put, fit the jigsaw together, don't you? Like how you sort of think. And at the time... I was really, tr- I was uh, going for a promotion at work and I'd, I'd got it temporarily, but it meant I was going through a, a, a place where you're on sort of like conditional 
on condition. So we'll, we'll trial you. And if you're good at the end of it, we'll give you the job full time. And obviously, as a man, that's kind of what you want to be. You want to be a provider. You want to do those things. However, what I really want to try and use this analogy is, is that the way that you prepare yourself, the journey to get there is the important bit. You know, many times you look at the end result, but there's a journey that has to be made to get to the end result. And that's what I'm going to talk through today. So I want to look, I wonder if you would, if you come with me to Galatians 4. I'm going to be talking from Galatians this morning. And it starts at verse 22. So in Galatians 4.22 it says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. For his son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are to be taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. And in verse 28 it says, Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. So we see two different things here. One is of the flesh. One is of the Jerusalem that we see now. The Jerusalem, if you see Jerusalem today, Jerusalem is in turmoil. Jerusalem is not at peace. And one stands for the flesh. But then, and it says, but the Jerusalem that is above is free. And what does it say in Hebrews? It says, but you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. One stands, Paul was, the Apostle Paul was talking about the spirit, the place of Zion and the place of the flesh. Now, what happened for, for, for me and M was this, was that these two are totally different. One is free, one is in slavery, one is bound, one is in turmoil. Okay, now when Jacob was announced, the reaction was the key. My reaction was expletives, if I'm honest with you. I've got to be honest, I'm just saying, it absolutely threw me out the window because I had this plan. But what happened was, was when, I saw, when this plan was announced, that all I saw was that what is this birth going to bring? What it's going to bring is hardship. What it's going to bring is I haven't got the, I haven't, I'm not a proper man because I haven't got my career sorted out yet. I am, I'm, not, I'm, I'm only like a year and a half into being a husband. I'm still only in my young 20s. Am I ready for this? And I saw, I created this all, this, all the lack that was in me manifested. Everything in me manifested. And I just totally reacted and went into this kind of, slavery mindset whereas M immediately saw the timing of God and she said this is a gift from God and so what she had to do was prepare herself for what was about to come that was the response that she she had but then this is what happened you see, it says in, it says in, the, in, in the word it says in, 20, in verse 29 it says at that time The son born according to the flesh 
persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is, it is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. The Bible clearly says, if you, if you respond to God in the flesh... You become a slave to all things that are there. And you become a slave to your, to, to your own doubts. But when you see it, but, the, but the God says, it says, they, that person cannot inherit what the free woman's son is going to inherit. And in the house, since Zion has been announced, a new process has started in the church. Have we not seen it? A brand new process, a brand new momentum is trying to be built. You see, what happened with them was this. I was impregnated as it were, with fear, suffering, hardship, and a revelation of my own lack. M was impregnated by expectancy. M was impregnated by something that was, you know what, this is beyond me, but I'm seeing it, and I'm going for it. Whereas I couldn't grasp hold of it. I couldn't see Jacob of what he was, because all I saw was the things that I had to sort out here before I could be prepared for that. And when God talks and we talk about Zion and the dimensions of Zion, it's so easy. And then God is now starting to press your different buttons. God is starting to, when God puts something and he raises the bar, you suddenly can very easily see your own lack. You can suddenly see, well, I'm not holy. I'm not like this. I can't interact with God that. My life does say this. My life says that. My inner, in my innermost being says this, this, and this, and this. And all you see is the flesh and the hardship. And all suddenly you see church becomes hardship. Church becomes difficult because it's pressing all the wrong buttons. It's pressing the buttons that show up your fear and all those anxieties and all the things that the lack that is in you. But this is what the Bible says in Galatians 5 verses 2 to 3. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. However, in Galatians 5, verses 5 to 6, it says, For through the Spirit... We eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. But here's what happened, and here is where things started to go bad. Was because, you see, what I did... Now, remember this. While all these things were happening... I was a youth leader and I was a worship leader in this church. So I had, I didn't have commitment issues with the house of God. Do you see what I mean? It's not like I was just sat at the back row every week and I came now and again. You know, I was in it. I was there. But, but my response, now I never once said, I don't want Jacob. I never said that. And I I can hold my hands up and say, I never rejected my son in speech. But in my heart, because I could only see the slavery, I could only see what the world said I had to be before I was able to come into this this new thing. I rejected all that God said 
I rejected what God was doing and so I could never really see Jacob for who he was and what God was doing. And what you do is your actions then begin to say differently to what you, you yourself are saying. See, my actions in one sense may have been, oh yeah, well, Paul's leading worship, so he's, he's, he's great, he's, he's all there. But internally, I was dying. And Christ became of no value to me. And I became, I became, as it says here, alienated from Christ. Because I sought to justify myself here, out there, before, rather than say, you know what? It's by grace that we walk and by faith that we live. M, M's heart was this. You know what? I'm only young. I didn't expect it. I've never been a mother before. You know, no parent, anyone who's, been, who's ever been a, who's a parent? Yeah, there's quite a few of you. Doesn't matter how much advice people give you, nothing can really prepare you, can it? Nothing can prepare you for it. You don't know what you're going to get. You can prepare as much as you can, but chances are, and there's things that you have to learn on the way. But the thing is, is this is that when, when we're speaking about Zion and what it entails, and you look at going for the city, you look at going changing people's lives, you look at transforming things, you go, I can't do that. But in the spirit, we have been told, we have been given a promise. Zion has been promised to us. It's been given to us. It's not, And so therefore, there is grace for us to be able to make that journey to get to there. Our job is this, is to place our lives into such a degree that we, we, just, we follow where the Spirit is taking us. We, and therefore, it says we can do who, immeasurably more than what we see. And that was them. She was like, you know what? I'm not, I, don't know how, I don't know the first thing about being a mother, but I'm just going to, I know that I've got, it's, it's coming. It's coming, whether I like it or not. So I have to make a choice. My heart has to be ready to accept everything that's coming and I have to make a journey towards it. I've got to make that journey towards it. Even though I feel the lack, even though I have the fear, I have the doubt, am I going to be a good mum? Can I provide for my child? There's Emma had the same fears as I did. But her response was different. In her heart, in her heart, she chose that even though I'm fearful, I'm standing and I'm going this way. Whereas I couldn't, I, I could no longer see, I could no longer see what Jacob represented. I only saw my own lack. And because I saw my own lack, I alienated myself from the things of God, but I alienated myself from my wife. And this is where we start to see things get a little bit tricky because within a few weeks um, of M having Jacob she got really sick she um, was throwing up uncontrollably couldn't even keep water down lost loads of weight and so what she did was she she had to go into hospital and she'd go in for a week and then she'd be out for a day and then she'd have to go in for a week and then she'd be out for a day and then she'd have to go in for a week because she just couldn't stop this sickness and it was becoming dangerous but all this time I was trying for this career I was trying to become the man. You know, I saw, I grew up seeing my dad be this, you know, Mr. BT, doing all these great things and, and, and really being that strong provider. For my, so I wanted to emulate that. You know, I didn't think, you know, it wasn't a case of, well, who does God say I am? It was a case of I just saw it and I went, I went after it. And so what happened was I was working in Berry. I was working away. Now, Berry's not very far away if you've got a car, but if you haven't got a car, it's a, it's a walk, a train and a tram. Now, because I was trying for this promotion and I was on trial, 
I had, I felt, because I'd become a slave to my job, I felt I had no way to make any demand on my job. And so what was happening was, I was working late, so late, that I missed going to see my own wife at the hospital. Day after day, day after day, day after day. And then I'd get one, and then I'd miss a couple of days, and then I'd get one, and then I'd miss a few more days. The reason was, was I didn't have the strength to have any authority about what I was saying because I'd totally been disconnected from he who, who, who said, tells me who I am. And because I was disconnected from my wife, here's the stupid thing. I told my wife that I was doing this for her good. I'm doing this to provide for your love. I'm doing this to give us a future. So I totally transferred it and put it back on her. She's there, fearful and all alone. She's, she's, she's in a hospital. And you know what, as much as my parents can be there, you know, my parents can go visit her, friends can go visit her. She didn't want anyone else, she wanted me. But because I'd so become so detached from what was really going on, all I saw was my own, my own self, my own lack. I thought I had to do everything. So I'm using spiritual context to do a fleshly, slavely thing. And so what happened was, was that M started to question my love for her. Because we're quite rightly, what, what's going on? Why is, I'm, she's wanting to draw closer to me than ever before. There's something that she wants to, you know, a, a child should connect you at a level like never before. It's, a, it's, it's something that has come, you have created together. And it's supposed to bring you a harmonious way to, to bring you together and to develop your relationship. But all it did, but all I did was I separated myself from my wife and from God. And Em was alone when she wanted so much to be with me. And you know, when we're going through this time in church, when we're going through this time right now where, where there's been more asked of us, where there are things that we're going at a deep level, it's more intense. You know what? If we don't take hold of that, we will become detached from God. We will become detached. And we'll say, I'm here every week. I'm here most weeks. You know, I talk to people. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But the reality is, is you doing things and what's really going on in your heart can be two totally contra- contradictory things. But the thing is, I didn't even realise I was doing it. And there's the, this is the thing that, I, even, it took until M spoke to me a couple of months ago for me to realise the full level of what, what was happening. I didn't see it. I only saw my own revelation of, I need to do this, I need to do that, because if I do this, I can become this, 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 and this, and then I can start doing that. And then I can start becoming the husband. Then I can start becoming the father. Then I can start becoming the man of God, and I can become the provider, and all those things. But how many of us, and, here's, and, here, and this was a, a few months down the line, and Emma had, had got back out and we were, get, we were doing okay. But then it got to that stage where Emma would want me to join in with different things. And I was just nonchalant about it. You know, I didn't say, no, I reject that thing in your tummy. I never said that. Now, I've never heard anybody in this room, this room say, I reject Zion and all that comes with it. It's, it's rubbish. I don't want it. I've never heard any of you say that. And I'm sure, damn well better than ever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but what, you, what comes out of you can say more than you ever say. And this process that starts, you can so easily reject it by what you're, how you're living, how you're acting, the way that you talk. You know, you don't have to... You know, Em was beaming about Jacob. She would always, we didn't even know it was Jacob yet because we didn't find out the sex until literally the the delivery room. But um, 
she would talk about him. She would, she would, oh, look, he's bumping you. All those little things that you want to enjoy together. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really good, really good. Yeah, it's nice. Or, I'm too tired, love. I'm just too tired. So it got to the point where Em started to question what was going on here. And so you know what she said? Do you love me? I'm like, of course I love you. I married you. And she, what? I'm like, I married you. Of course I love you. As if that was the answer I needed to give. I married you. That one day where I walked down the aisle and you put that ring on and I paid 20 grand for a wedding, <laughs> you know, or rather her parents did, you know, it was a case of, of course I love you forever and forevermore. I wasn't showing her, but in my head, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Get off me back. I love you. Of course I love you. Don't be stupid. How many of us say to God, of course I love you. I gave my life. Just because you gave your life don't mean you love God. It means you did at the time. It means your actions, but your actions have to keep on showing that love. That love has to keep being re, 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 constantly, again and again and again and again, reaffirmed, reaffirmed, reaffirmed. Not because, not because there's some sort of insecure sort of being, but because it's right to do that. It's biblical to do that. That's what we should be doing. That's why we come to church. We don't just come to church once a year. We come to church week after week after week to reaffirm our love to God. That's why day after day, we're supposed to get before our God and tell him how we feel about him. So God knows. So when he asks the question, God already knows the answer. But God always knows the answer. But how many of us in this place, if someone really came up and God really came and said, do you love me? How many of you come up with that response? Well, I do. And what's your justification? Well, I'm in church and I gave my life. I've done the stuff I'm supposed to do. I've got baptised. I've come to church. I've done the meetings. I've done all the mechanical things that the law requires me to do people expect me to do but your heart is a million miles away because you're consumed with everything else that's internally going on inside you and this is what the bible says if you look further in galatians it says so i say live by in verse uh, galatians 5:16 so i say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. See, Em was making her journey regardless because she had a responsibility. She had in faith, she was eagerly awaiting what was to come. She was preparing her heart week after week. She was doing what she had to do. And I became detached from her and where we were going because I wasn't doing the, making the same journey. I couldn't see Jacob as it was. I did the mechanical things. I did what I was supposed to do. I went to the antenatal. I did all those things. And I told myself I was in it. I told myself that was fine. But here's what happened. It got to about Christmas time. And... Basically, I got really, really shafted at work, really done over at work. Um, they told me I got the promotion, I was doing this, I was doing that. And then when it all went through for the pay rise, you know, the important bit, the money, I got told I wasn't getting it. And I got, oh, I mean, I, I'd, 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 I'd gone through so much abuse. You know why? Because, because I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. You know, you try and fight these things your own way. You try and do, I'm fulfilling the law. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And the thing is, nobody could challenge me. 
Nobody could challenge me. Why? Because in church, in terms of status, I was more committed than most other people. I had the answers. I could use the spiritual language because I've been brought up with it. I could, I'm a worship leader. What do you mean? My, my, you know, my actions. You know, I'm a youth leader. What do you mean? My, my, the way I, the way I talk. I'm in church. I'm doing everything that every, everyone is required to do. So who could challenge me? And how many of us get to that point where you can list all these things that justify what you do, that justify how you're thinking? And because you can justify it to yourself, you carry on. See, but with me, I didn't have anybody. People, people would have seen it. People obviously would have seen it. Because it says, in the, it says in further on, it says, my, it says the acts of the flesh, in verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, some of those things were in me. Some of those things were actively in me. You know, I think selfish ambition was easily obvious. It was selfish. Because I was putting my, my, my family through suffering just so I can fulfill my own lack. And, and that started to tear us apart. But, you couldn't, but nobody had either the language or the confidence to come and challenge me. So I also became arrogant with it. But what happened was this, was that as this bad period in my life started to come forward and started to kind of, you know, work was going a mess and there was other things that were going on and, and, and it, things were financially going bad to worse because I was in rebellion. But I never went to the things of God because, I be, because I'd alienated myself from the things of God. I'd, and, and God's word meant nothing to me. When I read the, the Bible, it meant nothing to me. I couldn't get any, any revelation because all this stuff was building up in my heart and I couldn't get anywhere near, God couldn't get anywhere near me. And so, and so what happened was I couldn't go to my wife because that this big block. And if I go to my wife and expose myself to my wife, then I have to then start dealing with things differently. And I was afraid to deal with things, but I got so comfortable dealing with things in my own way, I ain't going to touch it now. I ain't going to mess around with things now. And how many times do you allow things to sit and sit and sit and sit in your life and you don't deal with them? You never allow yourself to deal with them. And when, and that, on all that happens, if someone tries to challenge you about them, you then go to someone else who won't challenge you about them. And you change the people who you speak to. You change the, the alignments that you make. You hear people who listen and think like you thinking they're right and everyone else is wrong. So another way of justifying yourself. And that's what I started to do. I started to make different alliances with people who spoke to me and told me what I wanted to hear. I made alliances with, you know, it's almost like, you know, you start, suddenly the people, the, the, the friends at work, who I always thought were immoral and were rubbish, suddenly became good mates. Because suddenly my heart had become so detached from God, the things that used to offend my heart no longer did. Because of what I'd allowed to build up in my life. And in the house of God, as we go through this journey together, the longer you keep hold of these things, the longer you do these things, they're all the signs are all there. But can you see them? Can we see them? Because all it does is leads further and further down to destruction. 
and your, and your heart, even though you're here, becomes less and less connected, not to the people, but to the things of God, to what God is doing in this place. And so then came, then came the moment, you know, it was like nine months are up and it was time for the big moment. Now my wife was ready. She'd done it on her own, but she was ready because she'd made that journey herself. But I wasn't ready. (laughs) Not a chance. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And you know what? And I just, you know, when you you look back on yourself and things you say and things you do and and you you just want to punch yourself in the face. And Em was in the hospital. We'd been to the hospital in the morning and um, they told us to go back home because she's only two centimetres dilated. So, you know, you stood there waiting. And Em was upstairs. She was in pain. She was obviously, obviously she's in pain. She's in labour, you know. Um, and again, when a, when a woman is pregnant and a woman is about to give birth, she needs somebody. You need that support. You need someone to stand with you, to stand by you. I was playing championship manager on the computer. So was my detachment. Oh, she's all right. She'll do okay. She's fine. No problem. My mum's down there anyway. She can go up if she needs any problems. Totally out. Just gone. I'm there. What, what, what on earth am I doing? And we were so detached from one another. Em still wanted me to come back. All the time she was asking, she was always giving me opportunities to come back to her. All the time she was giving me chances to, you know, let's try and make things work. She was trying to find a way into me. Em was constantly trying to find a way into me, but I kept doing this all the time because I refused to see and accept the things that were really going on in my heart. And so we go to the hospital. The water's broke at the top of the stairs. We'll clean up later. I'm going, you know, and we went. And this is, this is the, the tough bit, really, is that we go to the hospital and, you know, and this is where you realise you can't get these days back. You can't just go back and start again. And I have to live with the fact that I missed my son's birth. But I was stood in the room when he was born. Because such was the detachment of my heart to my wife, to what God was doing in this situation, and to God, that when Jacob came out, I was just numb. Totally numb. I was there. It was quite a traumatic birth it was like he was born in 15 minutes um you know we had the whole von Tuch thing where the you know the doctors like that and pulling on and shaking like that it was, it was one of those kind of ones so it wasn't exactly the, the nicest of births and it wasn't the picture book oh look at the beautiful baby and mummy's like hi you know as if she's got a makeup done it wasn't anything like that it wasn't anything like that but you know what it was just jacob was this like colorless thing that then got stuck on a heater, which looked like a big kebab thing, you know, it was like the heater that they put you on. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to feel. I'd missed it. I, I just couldn't. And then two minutes later, I'm downstairs telling the whole world, on me text and phoning everyone, woo, 
Woo! And my wife is, is post-birth looking for a husband. Where are you? Where are you? I want you here. I want you here. I want you here. And guys, if we do not understand where we are right now, right now, in this, in this moment, then when we start to see the outbreak of Zion, you might be here, but you're going to miss it. You'll miss it. Because you've, you've allowed yourself to become detached over a period of time. God is trying to bring everything to you. God's trying to give you all the things, all the things needed. You know, in church, look at what we've got. We've got, we've got, MPOG is not just a course. Man Up's not just a course. It's about dealing with your lack, dealing with the things that caused me to do what I did. I wish to God that I had those things right now. But we can so easily just look at the resources that heaven is bringing to us. We can so easily take for granted the worship that we're in. We can take for granted what God is doing in people's lives. And we can just think it's just part of church. But then when the real outbreak of Zion, because you know what? Because despite me being an absolute fool, M wasn't. And M still pursued it. M went for it. And she received the joy of what God had done with Jacob. A moment Jacob was in her arms, she felt him, she held him, she connected with him. And there will always be those in this house because the move of God is better and bigger than our stupidness. We have to become carriers of the move like him. We have to be carriers of it. We can't just stand back and watch it. We've got to be carriers of the move. And as we carry, you know, as Jacob, as Jacob was kicking all this, or, or a new development would happen, these are the dimensions of Zion that we want to see. Little outbreaks here, little outbreaks there. And as we build momentum, as we prepare ourselves more and more and more, Zion will start to become more real. But only if your heart is connected. If you're like me, it'll all mean nothing. You'll take it for granted. You'll think it'll always be there and it won't come near you. Lives will be transformed. Healings will take place. The wonders of God will fill this place and you'll not see any of it. I didn't see my own son for who he was until about eight weeks later. And God had clearly had enough by that point. And I thank God he did. And I remember I got home one night and I was in the front room and I saw Jacob on the floor on his mat and then just looked at him, pointed to him and then walked away. And you know the Apostle Paul, you know when he was blind and the scales fell from his eyes? It was that moment. The scales just fell and suddenly colour came back into the room and I saw Jake for who he was. Oh my God, did I cry. Because I realised, I realised what I'd missed. I can't go back in time and get those days back. I can't do it. And you can't get these days back. Where we are as a house. You know, this is, this. God gives us this. God just doesn't give it all on a plate for a reason. It's so it binds us together. It connects us together. We start to learn and see each other differently. And we see him differently. We see the new dimensions of God bit by bit by bit by bit. Because it is too much for us to take in one go. We can't go and take the city tomorrow. But the grace of God shows that we can go bit by bit by bit. But the glory of God is this. Is that my son doesn't have any idea about any of this. 
The glory of God is that I have a wonderful relationship with my son because God restored me back to him. However, however, what I had to go through to get back to this place, I never want any of you to ever have to go through. You know, I only, I only, I only spoke earlier this year after Pastor Pete and Karen had been about how now it's finished. Everything had been removed. Seven years. Seven years. But I believe the reason why the Holy Spirit has spoken to me to say this today is so that you don't have to go through that. You don't have to be that. Right now, you can start to change. You can see yourself through someone else's eyes. You can see yourself through God's eyes. You can say, right, I'm not re- am I really carrying this move? Well, not according to what I've just heard. So now is the time to switch on. And now is the time to become a carrier of what God wants to do. That's God's heart for all of us this morning. That is God's heart to take us together, to bind us that when Zion breaks out, we are the first fruits. That we are no longer a people of slavery, but we are a people of a promise. We are a people that are free and that Zion can break out in your life, in my life and around this place. That's what God wants for us this morning. That's what God, but we have to understand when Pastor Tony comes back, he's not coming back the same man that he left and we're going to go to another place but if we don't go with him then we're going to meet that same end that I did to the glory of God we don't have to do that that doesn't have to be how it is and you know the great thing M's M's blessing was this was that we spoke earlier about it said um, for through the spirit we eagerly await by faith, righteousness for, for which we hope. But then, it says, but then when we hear in Hebrews, what does it say? It says, where has it gone? Where has it gone? I can never find it. There it is. You have come to judge, to God, the judge of all men, to the spirit of righteousness made perfect. In us, in Zion, our righteousness is made perfect. But if we don't eagerly await for it, you won't get anything. We have to make a journey together. And that's what I really, really want to speak this morning. You know, and the, what the great thing is, is this. Take a look at Jacob when he was born. He was that big. Take a look at Jacob and seven years later, he's this big. The move of God is just like this. Every time I speak to my son, there's a new dimension to him. Every time I hear my son speak, I see something new. He now is bigger, he's stronger, he's, he can, and he infects more and more people as he goes around. He's now in school, he's now in clubs, he's affecting everybody that he sees. The move of God, the outbreaks of Zion will be like this in this house. It's not just for this house, it's for the entire city. That's what we're here for. We're here, the mandate was, so that England can rise, not just for this city, but so Europe can be saved, so this country can rise. But it starts with you and me, you and me. It starts with us. And this morning, I just want us to come to that place. Don't miss what God is doing right now, right before your eyes. You know, Pastor Pete and Karen, when they came, all they did was use the atmosphere already here. But the difference was this. They're further down the process than we are. They've matured more. They've carried it for longer. And therefore, they have, they have an understanding of how to access what God has given us. But it's already been given to us. Jacob was given to me the moment he was conceived. I didn't have to wait until he was born to get it. I can get it right now. I could have got it from day one. And God says, I want to give it to you now. I want to give you the joys now. Every bump, every little thing, you can see it all. But can we give our hearts to him this morning? Can we realign ourselves? Can we, take, can we allow someone to, to, to speak to us and say, you know what, this is out of alignment. And we had to go, you know what, you're right. Don't be a slave 
to what we are supposed to do in the flesh. See what God is doing in the spirit in this day. And let's rise together and let's make that journey together. Do you want to stand to your feet this morning? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.